This is Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. The Japanese style of animation known as anime is wildly popular all over the world. There's just something about the large eyes, flat features, and the exaggerated cuteness of the characters that draws legions of fans. It's no wonder some contemporary Native artists are mixing anime styles and vibes into their own artwork. Coming up this hour, we'll visit with Native artists and talk about their love for anime and how they use it to celebrate their Native culture. We'll be back right after the news. For National Native News, I'm Daniel Montano in for Antonia Gonzalez. The federal government is following through on a promise to increase tribal input in managing federal lands. The Department of the Interior announced Tuesday new guidance and policy establishing co-stewardship of federal lands and waters. The National Park Service, along with the Bureau of Land Management and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, will work directly with Native tribes, Alaska Native entities, and Native Hawaiian communities, giving tribes a greater voice in protecting cultural assets and sacred sites. USA Today reports co-stewardship would give tribes decision-making legal authority, collaborative management responsibilities, and in some cases, complete self-governance. In addition, the policy calls for the NPS to reach out to tribes directly rather than waiting for tribes to come to them on any plans or activities that would have native interests, practices, or traditional use areas. NPS Director Chuck Sams says he knows some native communities will hold doubts, having heard similar promises before that bore little fruit, but this time he says they have friends in high places. Both Sams and Interior Secretary Deb Holland are tribal citizens who have been working on getting more native input into federal decisions for decades. The policy specifically includes, quote, non-federally recognized tribes, relocated indigenous people with a historic link to the area, and other traditionally associated peoples, aiming to add influence for people who have been overlooked in the past. The Cherokee Nation passed its largest ever budget this week, $3.5 billion. Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin Jr. says his top priority is expanding and strengthening the criminal justice system following the Supreme Court's McGirt decision, which changed the process of tribal criminal cases. Andis Goy reports the budget increases funds for the Cherokee National Marshal Service by $6 million and adds money for more attorney general and judicial staff. All told, the budget forecasts 5,600 new tribal government employees. The plans also include more drug and mental health treatment facilities and expanding transportation services and infrastructure, including public housing. One of those investments is $400 million to replace a nearly four-decade-old hospital that was originally designed to serve 60,000 patients a year, but has been seeing more than half a million patients in recent years. Hoskins said the new hospital will be six stories tall and more than twice the size of the current one, and that construction will begin within a year. The budget also sets aside more than $5 million for the government to transfer inmates who have sentences longer than six months to a facility in central Texas. KOKH News reports with the McGirt decision expanding the prison population, even inmates found guilty of a crime could be released unless the transfer takes place. Hoskins says it's simply a matter of safety and capacity. The entirety of the Yakima Nation Council faces possible recall following allegations of misusing funds and efforts to protect six of its members from suspension. 
The Yakima Herald Republic reports an audit of Land Enterprise, a Yakima initiative that oversees and administers tribal land, revealed the alleged misuse of funds. The tribe's Code of Ethics Board performed the audit and investigation. The recall was sparked by the audit's findings that allegedly land enterprise managers received incentives, payouts, and wage raises while workers in other divisions were put on furlough or dismissed. The committee members that oversee land enterprise were accused of failing to impartially investigate those financial benefits and have been suspended without pay for 60 days. Four of them refused to cooperate with the investigation and were placed on probation until they comply. A recall meeting has been scheduled for October 12th when voting tribal members will decide if the council will be removed. For National Native News, I'm Daniel Montano. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by BNSF Railway, proudly supporting the nation's economy by moving the goods that feed, supply, and power communities across the country. More at bnsf.com slash tribal relations. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy, sitting in for Sean Spruce. The Japanese style of animation, known as anime, has become very popular all over the world. Shows like Naruto, Demon Slayer, and Hunter x Hunter have devoted audiences. Back in my day, shows like Sailor Moon and Cowboy Bebop were at the top of the list, and it was a whole, it was a whole thing. It was timed and scheduled just to watch a show without today's streaming services. But now, anime has become widely accessible and easy to get hooked on. For some native artists, anime with its distinct big-eyed, colorful characters offers inspiration for telling native stories. In this hour, we'll talk with a couple of indigenous artists who are mixing anime styles and vibes with their own indigenous styles and vibes. You can join us too. Are you a fan of anime or manga? Are there any shows or characters that inspire your artwork? Give us a call at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. At this time, I'd like to uh, invite um, Ovi Myatt to join us. He's in Lafayette, Indiana. He's an indigenous graphic artist and designer, and he's from the Stalo and Nulakamur nations. Welcome to Native America Calling, Ovi. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me, Ace Whale. Hopefully you're having a good day today. 
Yeah, of course, it's Friday. We're talking about anime on Native America Calling. Of course, it's a good day. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to bring you on the show, um, you know, so you could talk about some of your artwork and how you mix it with um, anime styles. But first, can you talk about uh, the traditional style of artwork that you do? Yeah, so... Over the past seven years, I've been doing Coast Salish graphic art and design. And that's coming from my territory, my roots, my ancestors. And it's everything's been self-taught as well, from learning about Coast Salish art to learning about graphic art and design and experimenting, you know, a little bit with anime and manga as well. Um, I've just been really passionate about learning you know, kind of about my roots and where the art style came from. Um, how I learned how to do Coast Salish art was through our ancestral designs, such as spindle whirls. You know, I, I dig through museum archives online, practice drawing them, reading books about Coast Salish art and culture, and also had a lot of, you know, artistic friends that I really inspired from as well. Right. And then uh, what inspired you to kind of insert these um, anime uh, styles into into your own artwork? Yeah, so I've only been doing um, graphic art and design professionally for the past seven years. But before that, in my youth and my childhood, I was always kind of like a comic book nerd as well. You know, I'd read so many different comic books, Batman, Spider-Man, the X-Men. And also got into a little bit of anime, too. Mm -hmm. um, through my teenage and youth years, like, I'd be watching, you know, movies like Akira and anything from the Ghibli series, Ninja Scroll, Ghost in the Shell, Macross, Robotech, uh, even Dragon Ball, too. So I was always kind of a fan of things like that. And I was always doodling stuff like that, like superheroes. And it wasn't until... You know, I look back to my roots and wanted to, you know, learn more about Coast Salish art. And then I was finding different ways to tap into that creative energy in wanting to express myself. And I found the most comfortable way of expressing myself was, you know, simply being inspired to draw and create things that I really enjoy, which was, you know, superhero stuff and anime, all that cool, cool stuff. All right. Cool. And, um, you know, you mentioned a whole bunch of uh, different shows and, you know, a lot of those are action shows. They take place in um, space and other universes. Um, and, you know, there's all kinds of um, magic and people have powers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of um, a lot of cool, you know, stories that take place in anime. Uh, but there's also like that artistic part that really draws people in um what can you <clears throat> what can you say about the um artistic aspect of uh anime um say if uh, somebody's not very familiar with anime like how um how artistic can these um shows be yeah so what i love about anime and manga is like the style of art I think that's what really draws me in mm -hmm. and like the exaggerated expressions, all the action sequences. Uh, I think that's what really pulls me in. And I think that's why it's so popular these days is because of the diversity. 
and the variety of stories as well. Like there's so many different types of anime. There's action these days, um, comedy, romance, horror. Um, and I think that's how it finds its popularity with everyone because it's so diverse. I mean, I'm a really big fan of Marvel and DC. You know, I watch all the Marvel movies, but I think they follow one type of formula and it's been kind of played out over the years. So when you switch to something like anime, it's so diverse. There's like so many different story arcs um, and the style of art is in, is like amazing. So I think that's kind of how it found its popularity and seems to be, yeah, a lot of people are just loving it these days, including myself, of course. Yeah. And honestly, that's like, I've been doing um, work with an organization called Connected North and they allow me to um, go into schools remotely via Zoom and teach indigenous art classes. And I've been doing that for the past couple of years. I've did over 300 sessions with them with students in schools across Canada. And anytime I showed the students, you know, examples of my work, I noticed how excited they got when I would share with them kind of like my manga anime, you know, kind of style designs. And this year, I introduced a class that is kind of um, themed towards anime and combining that with my indigenous art style. And I'm excited for it. I, I actually have a class today, so I'm excited for that, too. Awesome. And you were telling me the other day that um, uh, you had a previous um, session, a previous class, and uh, kids were really excited about it. Like, what, what, what was kind of their feedback of, um, you know, I can't believe I'm in a indigenous anime art class. <laughs> you know, what was their reaction to, to just being in a class like that? Yeah, so I think my approach to combining, like, the traditional elements uh, from my roots and combining that with, you know, anime and manga inspired designs is really fresh for the students. And that's what gets them excited. And that's kind of my approach to the entire thing is to connect with our youth base, basically. And I figured, you know, that was one of the best ways to do it, you know, because it's so popular and they get so excited. They're so engaging. They ask so many questions and they also turn me on and like to suggesting me to watch certain animes as well, like Naruto. You know, the students have <laughs> finally persuaded me to check out that series. So I'm going to be getting into a little bit of that pretty pretty soon. Yeah, that's one of the, the top, you know, most popular uh, anime shows right now, uh, Naruto. Um, so if uh, this is to the listeners, if you want to look at uh, O.V. Myatt's work, we posted a couple of uh, examples uh, from all of our guests today on our Instagram page. Uh, you can see that um, by finding us at Native America Calling on Instagram. Uh, Ovi, uh, we got, um, we shared a, a sleigh uh, piece of your art. Uh, well, it's it has the word sleigh on it and has this like awesome looking girl wearing um, one of those uh, traditional hats. And then we have, um, I think it's a cedar hat. And then we have from you also a, um, it's a girl looking at some butterflies. Can you uh, tell us about um, the sleigh one really quick, Ovi? 
Yeah. Um, it's like I'm always constantly, you know, refining and honing my skills. So whenever I attempt to, you know, practice or get inspired from a specific art style, um, that's basically what that just was. It was just me, you know, doodling and sketching, um, just curious about finding different ways that I can combine, you know, the Coast Salish elements with an anime manga style. And I think it turned out pretty cool. I mean, sometimes I just like to create cool things. I get inspired by things that I see. And over the summer, you know, I've been watching a lot of different types of anime. So I think that's just where I got inspired from, wanting to practice a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're going to go to a break in just a minute here, but I wanted to ask you about uh, manga. For people who who are maybe not familiar with manga, what is it? Yeah, so the difference between anime and manga is that uh, manga is basically um, like comic books and graphic novels, and anime is like what you see on TV, what you're seeing on Netflix and Hulu these days. So, yeah, manga is like the books. Right, right. All right, cool. Well, uh, we are speaking with Ovi Mayet today, uh, indigenous graphic designer um, and artist. We are talking about the intersections of anime and indigenous art. There's a lot of uh, artists out there who are mixing these two styles, their indigenous art, their traditional art, with uh, anime. Um, you know, for some, it, it it translates very well when you're mixing the two and they can um, get, you know, a whole different kind of audience for something like this. Mainly, mostly maybe a younger audience for some of these stories that they're trying to translate through their artwork mixed with anime. So we'll be back after this break. Join us by calling 1-800-996-2848. The battle over jurisdiction in Oklahoma continues after a judge ruled the state's only recognized Indian reservation is officially dissolved. The Osage Nation is fighting the decision by a district judge that Congress disestablished the Osage Nation. We'll find out the details and what the tribe and Native legal experts say about it on the next Native America Calling. If you're hurting in your relationship or have been affected by sexual violence, StrongHeart's Native Helpline is a no-charge, 24-7, confidential and anonymous domestic, dating, and sexual violence helpline for Native Americans. Help is available by calling 1-844-7-NATIVE or by clicking on the chat icon on strongheartshelpline.org. This program is supported by StrongHeart's Native Helpline. Welcome back to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. We're talking about the blending of Japanese anime and Native art today. Are you a fan of anime? Do you know of Native artists who incorporate the style into their own work? Join our discussion by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. I want to go back to uh, Ovi Mayat, Indigenous Graphic artist and designer. Um, Ovi, so 
you know, just before the break, we were talking about um, uh, manga. We gave a quick definition of it. Um, but I wanted to, uh, you know, ask you if you could uh, kind of give a description, if, if we could. I know this was one of the hardest things for us to write about here at Need of America Calling, but if you could give us a descriptor of maybe like the different kinds of uh, styles within anime. I know there are, you know, you look at Naruto and that looks so much different than something like uh, uh, the Ghibli characters and, and um, environment. Could you kind of um, give us a couple of different uh, styles within anime? Um, as far as the different styles go, I think that can be, you know, almost compared to like when you look at indigenous art styles of the Pacific Northwest. There's so many different art styles within our tribes, within our communities. And that's how I kind of compare it to um, anime and manga. And like there's certain artists that, you know, really catch your eye. They have a unique style for the panels and the frames that are in the anime, like movies, like anything from Ghibli is usually my favorite. And then there's like manga art styles that, you know, one book that I read in particular was called Lone Wolf and Cub. It's one of my favorites. And I just thought that was what pulled me in was um, not just the story, but the artwork that kept me wanting to turn each page and find out what happens next. So there's specific artists that definitely have their own different styles. Um, yeah, I just I just think it's great overall. Like I, I'm really enjoying, you know, experimenting um, my contemporary Coast Salish style, um, getting yeah. inspired from anime and manga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, looking at uh, you know doing a little bit of research for the show. Yeah, you you could tell that there are a bunch of different styles. There's that more like. Um, less detailed, really big and bold uh, characters um, that are more like like uh, what people might think of uh, as cartoons, um, not very kind of like serious looking. And then there are really, um, you know, detailed characters and uh, very, um, you know, detailed backgrounds and uh, use of color and everything. It's, it's um, a very wide range of um, artistic uh, styles within anime. And, you know, like you said, everybody's kind of drawn to their own um to their own you know uh, style of anime that they like um right now i'd like to bring in another guest uh let's bring in from seattle washington uh demi mujeres uh he's an artist illustrator and graphic novelist he's atna athabaskan from chickaloon village welcome to native america calling demi hello thanks for having me all right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, so I uh, was doing a little bit of research on um, uh, Chickaloonies. <laughs> That's a, a very new um, series that uh, you and a couple of um, uh, artist uh, partners have come up with. Tell us about Chickaloonies. Yeah, Chickaloonies is uh, all ages full-color graphic novel. Uh, it's about two best friends, two Aunt Athabascan kids who set out on a quest to become the greatest storytellers the world's ever known. 
Uh, they're using the language of their tribe, the teachings of their grandma, and their imaginations. And they're going to set on the quest and, uh, you know, encounter all these new adventures. So it's based on our Athabascan culture and heritage, and it's inspired by the stories that, uh, the Yanni Da'a stories that my grandma uh, told us growing up, me and my cousins. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, styles um, just a bit ago. What kind of style would you say uh, Chikulunis is? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a graphic novel. It's a comic book. And it's heavily inspired by, you know, by Japanese art, especially Dragon Ball. Akira Toriyama is one of my biggest influences. And Dragon Ball is great because um, comparing it to, you know, Alaskan stories or Alaskan art, uh, Dragon Ball is actually loosely based on um, the Chinese folklore of Journey to the West and the Monkey King. And I always thought that that concept of kind of taking some really old established mythology and then turning it into this kind of like fun adventure in, in the medium of comic books. Uh, there's just great opportunities for that with indigenous storytelling. All right. Um, yeah, you mentioned it a little bit, but um, uh, tell us more about, um, you know, using this kind of art style, this uh, manga uh, anime style to tell some of these um, traditional stories. Why, why go that route? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've always been into art. I've always been obsessed with cartoons and Ninja Turtles growing up. Uh, you know, when I got into fifth and sixth grade is when I discovered comic books. And at the same time, I discovered uh, Dragon Ball, which is also a comic book. And it kind of set me on my path and my career of wanting to become a graphic novel storyteller, you know, become an artist. And I, I just kept practicing and eventually uh, went to work for our tribe after I graduated high school and worked under the education department developing language curriculum. And under that grant, I uh, had the opportunity to adapt some of our stories, the, the stories that really told us, the Yonidao legends, into little comic books. And when I designed those comic books and, you know, illustrated Raven and Link and the, the characters that, you're, you know, these, these characters that I'd heard growing up, I just imagined them in this kind of manga anime style. I think it's really inviting. It's a really visual stimulating and, you know, interesting look. And, uh, you know, that kind of set me on my path and set, you know, started my career. Uh, and so when it came time, you know, fast forward, I've started the studio with my partner, Casey Silver, here in Seattle in 2010. And we've been self-publishing and uh, creating comic books together for over 10 years now. And on our latest project, Chickaloonies, which was released last summer, the first book was released last summer. You know, when it came time to develop the story and think about the, the style and the look of it, we were definitely, uh, you know, in, in the direction of manga and anime. All right. All right. So one artist uh, inspired by uh, anime to really get into art 
and um, telling stories through art. Is that uh, your story as well? Are you an artist and, and inspired by anime? Join us by calling 1-800-996-2848. Uh, also, what are your favorite uh, anime shows or manga series? Um, or how do, you, how do you combine the two if that's something that uh, you do as a native artist? Is there uh, maybe an easier storytelling way uh, in anime that you use to uh, tell some of the stories from your own tribe? Uh, our number again is 1-800-996-2848, also 1-800-99-NATIVE. We're also on uh, uh, social media. We're on Facebook. Native America Calling and Instagram at Native America Calling, where we have a couple of different examples from the guests we have on the show today. Um, for Demi, uh, we shared uh, the cover of Chickaloonies on Instagram. We also shared a, a sample of um, what you could find inside the book. Um, so, uh, Demi, you, who, 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 are the audiences for uh, Chickaloonies? Who, who did you make this book for? Specifically, we wanted to make it for, you know, Alaskan kids, and I mean, even more specifically, uh, Native Alaskan kids, but it's all ages. Um, I find that the best stories, the stories that I'm most, you know, interested in, in drawn to are stories that, um, that appeal to everybody, you know, that, that aren't limited to, you know, only adult audiences or just for kids. I think you know, a good example of that is like Avatar The Last Airbender. It's, you know, arguably one of the best stories that I've ever, you know, heard or experienced. And I think on so many different levels for, you know, adults and kids, they can get something out of it. So for Chickaloonies, it's definitely, you know, aimed at Alaska, Alaskan youth, Alaskan indigenous youth. And we seek to, you know, kind of celebrate uh, Atabascan culture and heritage and just put it on display kind of in a new way. Um, you know, it's heavily themed. There's the themes of, of language and storytelling play a major role uh, in the comic. And as you know, most indigenous languages are, you know, spoken only. Uh, they're they're oral, they're oral languages only. So a big part of the comic, we kind of implemented this symbol, uh, like magical kind of symbol alphabet, where if a character is speaking fluent on Athabascan, it's kind of portrayed visually in this, you know, in these in these magical symbols. So it, it's all kind of like pulling from growing up, you know, hearing the stories from grandma, being part of the tribe, going to tribal school, and that her that side of my heritage. So I, I hope that it kind of resonates with with kids up there in Alaska who are having similar you know experiences growing up the way I did. All right. I'd like to go back to our uh, previous guest. We had uh, Ovi Mayet on, uh, indigenous graphic artist and uh, designer. Um, Ovi, you work with, uh, you know, you teach classes, you work with students, you work with young people. Um, and, you know, back in my day, I, I know my parents didn't really understand my um, obsession with anime. Uh, what would you tell parents about their children being uh, fans of anime? Yeah, so I guess the reason, one of the reasons why I do it through, you know, my, my sessions that I do with schools is just to find a way to connect with the youth. I know they will get really inspired to tap into their creative energy 
um, because they get so excited for anime and manga. I mean, once we get into a discussion, like during our classes, sometimes they can't stop. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, it's time to time to actually do some drawing right now. So I think it's good to just, you know, find that way to connect with these youth, uh, know what their passion is about, because that's what I share in the ses- sessions that I do, wanting to inspire them and let them know that um, if they follow their passion and their goals and things that they're really into and they put in the work, um, they can find that success and have fun doing it. So what would a session look like? Um, you know, it sounds like there's a discussion period and then a drawing period. Like what is a, a session of indigenous anime look like? Yeah. So what I like to share with them is basically how I learned how to do Kosala art. And that's, wanting to share with them that I simply got interested in my roots, my background. I wanted to know more about my ancestors. And I found this really cool art style that, you know, just fascinated me and just pulled me in. And I I share them, you know, Coast Salish art, but I think that might inspire them to look into their own past, look to their roots, and that might inspire them to create something that no one's ever seen before. And you know, I'm, I'm finding ways like such as anime and manga that really kind of pulls them in, that gets them excited, that makes them, you know, happy and want to learn and do these sessions with me. Okay. All right, let's go back to uh, Demi Mujeres um, over in Seattle. Uh, Demi, so, you know, Chikulunis is a particular kind of uh, manga style. Um, you know, it's very colorful. The characters are uh, pretty cool looking. They're very inviting. Um, and, you know, just on the cover, just looking at the cover, it looks like folks are uh, flying through the air, <laughs> whether that's on on like um, a, a snowmobile or something, or maybe they have like magical flying powers or something. But um, you know, the what what other kind of elements of uh, anime do you kind of insert also in your storytelling in Chickaloonies? Uh, I would say you know, for anime, since anime is animation, <clears throat> kind of like motion animation cartoons, mm-hmm. um, inspired heavily by you know the movement, the color. Uh, typically, a lot of man- manga is black and white, and with manga, I'm inspired by you know the character design and the things that you can do in a book, in a comic book, uh, are things that you can't do in any other form of storytelling. So there's so many opportunities to explore, you know relating it to indigenous storytelling in particular, which oftentimes is kind of nonlinear in a sort of, you know, in a different kind of, in a different way than so much media is based on Western storytelling, which is a more linear you know, beginning, middle end. And uh, one thing that we're really trying to explore in Chickalunis is this aspect of storytelling and how it can kind of, you know, bleed off the page and, you know, invite the reader in. And this is, you know, kind of different things that, we're, we're attempting to do with the book that I'm hoping, you know, we'll, we'll bring readers in and maybe they'll leave with something, actually teach them something. Okay. All right. So, you know, just in the past couple of years, this has gotten really, really popular. Um, and uh, I was 
wanting to ask you like is this uh, style of animation is anime manga do you think it's going to endure or do you think it's just a, a fad no i think are you asking me that sorry yeah yeah, yeah. It's, Demi. it's here to stay <laughs> yeah mm. it's here to stay for sure no i mean the you know the japanese are ultra committed to the the medium of anime and manga and uh you know they put so much effort and focus and love and care into that medium into that art in their culture uh that they are just miles ahead in so many different aspects they're so advanced so it's it's a great place to look you know it's great to be inspired by art um you know any artist is kind of a combination of inspiration you know whether it's through other artists or you know for me it was my grandma uh yeah definitely not going anywhere okay are you um, also inspired by maybe other styles of uh, art for uh, some of your your storytelling work? Yeah, I mean, uh, recently, you know, when we released the, the first issue of Chickaloonies last year, we did our book tour in Alaska, and we wanted to include a different element uh, so it wasn't just a typical book signing. We were going to be going around to, uh, you know, groups of youth and classrooms so we decided to take a portion of Chickaloonies and turn it into a live storytelling. Uh, I created a, a slideshow of kind of basic animations and turned it into a PowerPoint. We collaborated with my friend, got some music and sound effects. And then um, my co-creator, Casey, uh, wore the costume that, that I created, and we tell a story uh, that is from the world of Chickaloonies. Okay. And it, Sorry about that. We're going to go to a break right now, and um, we'll uh, finish with your your uh, story afterwards. Program support by Amerind. For 35 years, Indian country has put its trust in Amerind, providing insurance coverage, strengthening Native American communities, protecting tribal sovereignty, and keeping dollars in Indian country are Amerind's priorities. More information on property, liability, workers' compensation, and commercial auto needs at Amerind.com. That's A-M-E-R-I-N-D.com. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy. There's still time to join our conversation about the intersections of anime and Native art. If you're a fan of anime, what do you like about it? Are there characters you follow? Give us a call at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Let's go back to uh, Demi Mujeres. Uh, Demi you were talking about um, a live storytelling as part of the uh, Chickaloonies book tour. Can you can you continue? Yeah. Uh, so that kind of kickstarted the the book tour for us, and we found that connecting with you know young people uh, in a, in an actual storytelling live storytelling way was a great way to kind of introduce them to the comic, and I think it kind of gave them a little bit more encouragement to kind of like open the book and get into the story. So. Uh, we've kind of adapted that over the past year into uh, a similar kind of workshop thing. It sounds that Obi's doing where we are doing Zoom uh, virtual classes uh, uh, visits where we're teaching kind of the power of storytelling and how to begin your journey, learning how to draw and hopefully encouraging kids to collaborate with their, you know, culture bears and elders in their community. Right. 
All right. And, uh, you know, there's an example of what Chickaloonies looks like on our Instagram. We're at Native America Calling. We posted about it uh, yesterday. So if you go to our profile, you'll see some examples of how Native artists, uh, the ones on our show today, have mixed their um, uh, their traditional uh, Native art style and uh, storytelling with anime and manga. But, uh, you know, speaking of manga, I was able to catch up with Haida artist Michael Nico, uh, Nikulanis last week. He was on his way to Berlin, Germany to install a Haida manga mural at a museum there. Haida manga is his own blend of Haida uh, formline art and manga, the Japanese comic book art style. Here he talks about the flow and structure of Haida manga. Manga is the Japanese word, and then there's manhwa and Chinese words and stuff. And what they translate into English is, is as images without borders, art in, in the sort of the biggest sense of, of expression. The Haida form line for me is, is expressed in Haida manga. I use what I call the frame line, and not the form line, I call it the frame line, as a way to represent everything outside our immediate experience. If you look at a classic Western comic book, you have a little rectangular box. You have a story contained inside of it, and it's surrounded by this white space. All these little boxes are sort of the same kind of thing that was done to the landscape, you know, putting straight lines of the landscape and chucking it up into little pieces and isolating it from the other pieces next to it. And that's a false theory. Life is not like that. Uh, we are not inside little boxes living our experience and, and never mind what's happening in the next box or never mind the gutter, this white space around us. There is no empty space around us. It's filled. We, we know that life is sometimes it pushes on to us and, and compresses us and we feel tight and, and upset. And other times that frame line that surrounds us, that undulating uh, structure retreats and we feel great. We wake up great and we have a wonderful day. The frame line is a way to speak to that which appears to be outside of us, but actually has a profound influence on not only us inside our little story, but also just the entire world around us, you know, be it grand climatic events or little insects where the frame line connects all these elements together, reminds us that it is really one world. That was Haida artist Michael Nicol Yaglanis. Uh, he's the author of Red, a Haida manga, which translates to a 16 and a half foot long mural. Um, I'd like to bring in another guest. Joining us from Phoenix, Arizona is Kayla Shaggy. She's a comic book artist. She's Diné and Anishinaabe. Welcome back to Native America Calling, Kayla. Hi, hello. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, of course. I've been following you and your work for a while now, and it seems you've always had this kind of uh, anime style. What uh, draws you to anime? Um, just the way the stories are told and the way the uh, expressions are done, you know, and just the overall arching narrative, it's just really appealing. And uh, I feel like a lot of it really is much more um, relatable to compared to like, you know, American comics, American media. Mm -hmm. 
uh, how have you seen, um, you know, anime kind of change? Uh, maybe the popularity of anime kind of change. What other signs uh, have you seen um, that, that tells you, you know, anime is uh, pretty popular right now? Um, it's not as hard to watch it anymore. Uh, it's not as hard to, like, you know, buy stuff for it anymore. <laughs> um, back when I was younger, it was a lot of, you know, uh, you had to know someone who had a connection, and it was mostly, like, pirated VHSs or if you just recorded it from online or, you know, TV broadcasts. And now it's just it's just much more accessible, and I like that because there's a lot of um, older works, I think, that couldn't have been uh, taken over to America that are now getting translated with a more updated, you know, translation. So um, right. definitely the accessibility. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, back in the day, like when I was in high school, um, you know, I'd have to sometimes maybe like wake up at 1 a.m. in the morning, set an alarm to wake up at 1 a.m. in the morning and then like sneak into the living room <laughs> and then mm -hmm. turn the TV on and go to channel, whatever, whatever, and then watch, you know, this episode of uh, an anime that, um, you know, I, I followed from like, uh, you know, episode one all the way to the end. And that's how I watched it, like, every week. <laughs> every mm -hmm. week at one day. And if I missed it, there was also, there was a rerun, like, on Wednesday, you know, at, at um, 6 a.m. or something like that. And I'd watch it before school started. <laughs> but, but, yeah, now, now you know, you can watch um, anime and all kinds of different shows on uh, Hulu and Netflix and... Um, uh, I also saw that there was something called Crunchyroll. Did you ever, um, you know, subscribe to that one? Uh, I used to subscribe to them. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like an online service. Uh, they kind of bought out uh, Funimation recently, and they're kind of like the uh, streamer slash like um, distributor for most anime manga for anime and manga nowadays. Okay. Okay. What mm -hmm. are you watching right now? Um, I'm actually not watching anything right now, but there is an anime I'm excited for that's coming out in October. I really like the manga, so I'm really looking forward to the anime. It's um, Chainsaw Man. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned that yesterday. What, what was Chainsaw Man about? Um, I'll have to say it's a really surreal, violent manga that I feel like kind of reminds me of older manga. I feel mm -hmm. like nowadays a lot of anime manga kind of like have to have certain tropes in order for it to succeed and chainsaw man you know subverts those tropes and kind of flips them on their head you know and then you know does all sorts of things it's about a young man he lives in a world there's uh devils and he meets a chainsaw devil but then they make a deal to work together and so he looks like a little dog but he has a chainsaw on his head and then anyway uh they end up getting betrayed so they kind of combine into one and then he becomes chainsaw man so he gets like uh, he turns into like kind of like a chainsaw devil, mm -hmm. and then he ends up working with uh, the devil extermination group within Japan, and it now it's his job as a half human, half devil, to hunt down other devils who are eating people. Right. All it's right. very ridiculous, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. But when you start reading it, you you really get sucked into it, and it actually makes like a lot of. Um, there's actual, there's some social commentary in there too, but it's also very silly. So I like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, a, a story like that can only be told, I think, in um, animation like this. I don't think we can have an actor with CGI and green screen, you know, playing Chainsaw Man. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's like the beauty of anime is you have all these like ridiculous stories sometimes that can really, you know, the artist can really like do justice to such a silly story and turn it into this like widely popular show um uh, you know if uh <laughs> if um you know folks are kind of uh uh looking to see what uh anime is all about like uh what what uh, show would you kind of point them towards what's like one of the uh best shows to kind of introduce someone to anime that kind of touches on all the really cool things that anime is about Ooh, that's such a... Because hmm. I would say Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> yeah, Cowboy Bebop, I think, is a really good, like, starter anime. It's just so well done, the animation, you know? And originally, mm -hmm. uh, the show was actually started in a way to sell, like, uh, model kits. But um, the director, Shinichiro Watanabe, uh, kind of ended up creating this really lush narrative with these characters, and it's just really good. Um you know, I would also recommend Ghost in the Shell, but if people want something that's a bit more modern, um, there's Violet Evergarden. That one's based on a novel, but it has a very gorgeous anime adaptation, and you can watch that on Netflix as well. Mm, all right. So, um, you know, your comic book art style, you know, blends a lot of um, anime style. Uh, you know, talk about how, you know, that came to be. How did you, um, you know, end up translating some of these stories through that anime style and vibe? Um, yeah. So I would say it probably started when my mom showed me and my sisters uh, Studio Ghibli movies. Um, I really liked uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, you know, because you have the characters, their designs are very, you know, basic compared to, like, American media. But, you know, that that, that basicness is there for a reason. It's so the animation and the expressions of the characters can be exaggerated, and they still live in these really lush, you know, detailed worlds. And I just really fell in love with that, you know, Studio Ghibli style where they have those simplistic characters but they put so much emotion and character into them that they don't feel you know simple anymore and then you know once again the backgrounds the stories the characters the, the creatures you know it just creates this really beautiful backdrop that i had never really seen before so i thought i want to recreate something like that one day uh within my own style so in a way you know it's similar my people might look very simple but it's very quick for me to draw them out of kind of like necessity, out of utility. Mm -hmm. But I try to go very detailed with the backgrounds and the story as well. Yeah, and um, you know, some of your latest work, is that the the Sixth World, that comic book? Yes, it's, oh. uh, it, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but but tell us a little bit about Sixth World. Yeah, um, so, Six World, uh, it's a comic book series. I started in 2017. There's four issues out so far, but it's about a young Navajo woman living on Mars 200 years into the future. And, you know, it's her birthday, 18th birthday, and then, you know, suddenly her an accident happens, and then she inherits this kind of power suit that looks like a coyote from her late grandmother. 
and she turns out it turns out there's more to her life on Mars than she realized. Right, right. I'm looking at the the cover here and you can see, yeah, half of the coyote suit and half of the Navajo girl. Um, So, uh, Kayla, where can folks uh, learn more about your work? Where can they follow you? Where can they see some of these um, art uh, stories and and pieces that you do? Oh, um, so they could go to my website. Uh, It's kaylashaggy.gallery. And it has all of my social links, um, you know, like my Instagram, my Twitter. And I tend to, you know, make art all the time. And my website also has links to my comics as well. Awesome. All right, let's uh, go back to Ovi. Um, Ovi Mayet, where can we find your artwork and where can we uh, uh, follow you? All right. It's time to plug myself in. I like it. (laughs) So... Uh, if you want to check out more of my work, you want to hire me for logo design. If you're a teacher, you want to hire me for one of my art sessions, you can go to SalishSunDesign.com. Um, I also have my own merchandise and prints and stuff like that. If you want to browse the shop, that would be cool. Right. And I also want to shout out um, my sister and my nephew who are listening right now, Isaiah and Therese. Isaiah, he's a big anime and manga fan. He's always telling me, you know, some of the cool series that he's watching right now as well. And shout out to my girlfriend, Casey, who's probably watching as well, too. All right. They should have called in (laughs) told us about their favorite uh, anime. Um, Ovi, real quick, what's your favorite show um, or, or what are you watching right now? Oh, my goodness. Like I said, I'm old school, so... I can go back to when I was renting VHS tapes of the movie Akira, um, Ninja Scroll. I owned that VHS cassette tape. I'm old school. But I also appreciate the Ghibli series like Princess Mononoke, Ghost in the Shell. And as far as what I'm watching right now, I would say uh, Demon Slayer. You know, I really enjoy Mm -hmm. Demon Slayer and the students kind of, are steering me towards Naruto. So hopefully that'll inspire me to create a new design that I can share with them in one of my sessions. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, just having fun with it. Cool. All right, um, Demi Mujeras, uh, let's go to you. Uh, what are you watching right now? What's your favorite? Uh, I've got to go back old school like Ovi. I would say that um, Battle Angel Alita was probably my foundational mm, yeah. uh, anime. It's a great movie, and they actually turned it into a live-action movie. Uh, modern, uh, currently, I would say I'm heavily inspired by uh, One Piece. It's really great, vast, awesome adventure. Um, but, yeah, there's always something really cool to explore. There's so many new comics and, and yeah. movies and series coming out. <laughs> and real quick, where can we find your work? Yeah, if you're interested in hearing about Chickaloonies or learning about the workshops that we are offering, the storytelling workshops, Look us up uh, on social media at 80% Studios. That's 80% Studios spelled out. And uh, we'll be launching our official website hopefully by the end of this month. All right. Cool. Well, that is the end of our show. I'd like to say thank you to everybody we have on the show. Uh, Kayla Shaggy, O.V. Myatt, and Demi Mujeres. We'll be back next week with another lineup of discussions about Native issues and topics. My name is Asad. When I was 19, my mom was diagnosed with colorectal cancer because she smoked. My tip is, 
find things to be thankful for. I'm thankful she quit smoking. I'm thankful for the nurses who taught me how to check her IV and to manage her medication. And I'm thankful for every day we have together because nothing is guaranteed, especially for us. The people you love are worth quitting for. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. If you or someone you know is feeling sad, hopeless, or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, call, text, or chat 988. 988 is a new three-digit dialing code for 24-7 emotional, mental, or substance misuse support. 988 connects you to free confidential support. You are not alone in a crisis. Just call, text, or chat 988. For more information, visit 988.nm.org. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.